it is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieved stardom. On this episode, we hung out with Tommy Newport over Zoom video. Tommy was born in Manchester, moved to Dallas, Texas at five years old, and then eventually landed in Kansas. Talks about how he got into music, parents, huge music fans, but no one in his family is musical whatsoever. A neighbor of his was a great guitar player and was encouraging Tommy to get him to learn how to play guitar. Uh, It took him a while. It's not an easy instrument to learn. Uh, There was a moment when it just kind of clicked for him and uh, he would spend hours on YouTube trying to learn different covers and really learn how to play guitar. From there, he wanted to learn how to record stuff. He found a guy on Vine who was recording music and posting the videos of himself recording. And uh, he sent him a DM on Vine and asked him, you know, how do do I go about doing this? The person responded. And that's how he was able to record his first demos. He then took those demos and put them up onto iTunes under his real last name. And they started to do really well on iTunes and SoundCloud. And that's where he gained the attention of his manager him and his manager decided on uh, changing the artist project to Tommy Newport, what that would look like, and he began releasing all the new music he had been working on. The first song he put out under Tommy Newport was I Forgive You, and it got playlisted right away from Spotify. It's got nearly 3 million plays already. The first song he released under Tommy Newport was I Forgive You, and it got playlisted right away on Spotify. So he had a lot of validation with the project, ended up putting out a full album, which is called Just To Be Ironic. He talks about uh, putting out that first record. The very first show he played, which was at the Fonda in Los Angeles, releasing two EPs last year of all songs that were written during the pandemic. One full record or one full EP, Liquid, was written in 11 days in a studio in Los Angeles. He talks about that. And he talks about his second album, which is coming out, and the two latest songs, Calabasas and Tongue and Cheek. You can watch the interview with Tommy Newport on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be awesome if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, it'd be awesome if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Tommy Newport. Hey, what's up, Tommy? How are you? Good. How are you? Can you see me? Oh, yeah, there I am. Okay. Looking good. I appreciate you doing this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Of course. Cool. Um, I'm Adam, and this is a podcast about you and your journey in music. And we'll talk about the new song and how you got to where you are now. Sweet, Adam. It's nice to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. Uh, I did read born in you were born in Manchester, but grew up in Kansas. Is that yeah. what I saw? Okay. Yeah. yeah, sort of an odd, sort of an odd, uh, odd one. But yeah, that's that's what it is. Okay. Well, tell me about that a little bit. How long were you in in Manchester for? Um. So obviously, I was born there. Um. And I think right around when I was about five or six, my parents um decided to move to um Dallas, Texas. Okay. Um, so I wasn't in the UK for that long. I mean, I have memories of it, but 
um yeah i wasn't there for that long and uh and we moved to dallas texas and that was like a completely polar opposite place oh sure <laughs> being like the so like what part of dallas i have family in like the plano area i don't know if you know where that is. yeah yeah uh we were in keller keller okay. texas um and i was there i mean we were there for about five years okay and uh yeah i mean it's completely different i was just this like this kid with like a, a British accent in Dallas, you know, trying to uh, just starting school and just trying to figure out what was going on. I didn't even have any concept of, of the world or like, you know, earth or continents or anything like that. I just thought we were going away down the street, you know, but sure. Uh, everyone's accents were different and like everything's bigger and everything looks different and, uh yeah so that was kind of crazy for me as i remember as a kid but you just get used to it and well it doesn't you mean you don't have an accent anymore it doesn't sound like was that no, something yeah. that slowly went away and uh, do your parents both have yes. average accent? okay yeah i did it it didn't slowly go away it, it went away very very quickly um and i all of a sudden had this sort of draw like texan you know i was saying y'all and i was saying <laughs> You know, yes, ma'am. Y'all. Yes, sir. And all sure. this kind of thing. And that was within like six months, I would say, to a year. Like just really like that's I think quick. That's how impressionable it is at that age. Like even when I was at home with my parents who had this this northern accent from the mm -hmm. UK, like I, I was more like getting into school and having friends and immediately it just just dissipated. And same with my brother. Wow. Uh, older or younger? Yeah. My brother's uh two years older than I am. Okay. Wow. So but yeah, my you... parents my parents still have, have an accent. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. I have uh one of my great friends growing up, his he his parents are from uh Bristol and yeah, but his dad moved around a bunch for work. Uh he has an older brother. He was actually born in Singapore, which is random, but yeah. um then he moved to, to San Diego where I lived. Uh but he doesn't have an accent. And his brother's like three or four years older than him. And he yeah. does. So yeah. it was just like the timing, how, you know, they were where they were raised and then how when they landed here or well, I'm in Nashville now, but when they landed in California, um, his brother never lost the accent, but he never had it. Yeah. It's so fascinating. It's, it's strange. I don't know how it, uh, I mean, just impressionable. But yeah, it's strange. Some people don't lose it. I right. thought my parents would at some point, but I guess they yeah. were like they're they're almost thirty by the time that we moved to the U.S. So it's, I don't think it's I think it sticks around at that point. Yeah, I ain't going anywhere at that <laughs> point for sure. Wow. Okay, were you born into a musical household at all? No, not at all. I mean, the only music that went on in my household was just the the music that my parents were listening to. My parents loved listening to music. But as far as like making music or being creative in that sense, like not, not no musical sort of background from my parents or even my grandparents or anything like that. What were they listening to? Um, so, I mean, early 2000s, I mean, it was just like a cabinet of CDs upon CDs upon CDs of just hundreds of CDs. And they were, you know, rocking 80s all the way into 90s and into early 2000s uh red hot chili peppers like the smiths uh the killers uh the strokes 
Okay. Um, I mean, they were definitely when they were my age now, like just they were into music. Like that was a big part of their life. So, um, yeah, when growing up, they had all these CDs and that's sort of how I got into um, finding my my preferred uh, listening, you know, what I sure. like to listen to. Uh, it was through them. Okay. So I definitely owe that to them as far as like getting into good music. Um, <laughs> but as far as playing an instrument or singing or anything like that, like, no, nah, that was, they don't have any of that in them. So when did you start playing an instrument? How old are you? Uh, I was 14. Um, my best friend at the time was like so good at guitar and I thought it was so cool. And, um, he wanted me to try to learn and and i tried for a couple of days and i was like man this is this is crazy i i can't i can't do it like i did i realized it was just so hard and he kept convincing me to just keep trying and I, it's like a weird switch in your head when you like pick up something that you become interested in and mm -hmm. there was a moment where like i had I, i'd learned enough to play like pumped up kicks like just the little melody uh, okay they're just like plucking along like it didn't sound good but I, I was getting there and that like switch went off in my brain and i was like oh my god like i have to i have to keep going i have to keep going and that like turned into like four or five hours a day just on youtube you know like marty schwartz it's kind of uh he's like a guitar tutorial guy on there pretty notorious but he um i would watch his videos and just learn how to play guitar and uh i'd spent so much time every day until i got to a point where like i could start making songs so he was like your <laughs> your guitar teacher yeah he's pretty famous uh, i just looked to i was like the name sounded familiar i googled him and now i, I know exactly who he is <laughs> yeah he's got this look about him and he's just like he's perfect guitar teacher online so Yes. What did I, I? I wanted to learn how to play something, and I and I watched him. This is like fairly recently ago. I'm not very good at guitar at all. I mean, I could play chords, so I'm like, okay, let's see, like YouTube tutorial. I forgot what it was, but that's so funny that that that's yeah. exactly who I. Yeah, he's been I, doing I, it I for years, for years, man. That's oh that's man, Schwartz. He doesn't mess around. He does not. This, yeah, he's a legend, man. I, from what uh -huh. I saw, I was like, damn, this guy teaches it quick. Uh huh. Seven uh -huh. minutes, I've already got the whole song done. But exactly. Um, <laughs> that's funny. Okay, cool. So you you picked up guitar around fourteen, and it's cool that you you are, are in the age demo of of YouTube. That was not me. I had to learn off like tabs and stuff yeah. like that. But um, yeah. when do you start trying to write your own music? Uh, so I I started writing my own music probably about a year after I. I picked up my first guitar um, and that was when I was good enough to like, you know, play some chords and um, really sit down and write something. And weirdly for me, like I was never super interested in learning other music. Like I liked the idea of that, but as soon as I got good enough a guitar to, to play a song, it was just straight on to like, I'm making my own song. It was, it was never like, I mean, I have friends that are really good at guitar and they can just bust out like any song. Like you ask them, yo, do you know, you know, like Under the Bridge by the Red Hot Chili Peppers and they're just like right there, just right. they've learned sure. like it's in their, their, their Rolodex of, of uh, songs that 
hundred songs that they can play. Mm -hmm. And I just never liked that. Like I, I could, I can probably bust out like two songs even today that aren't <laughs> mine that I could probably just what name them pumped up um, kicks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> pumped up kicks still in my roll of deck. Um, yeah, and then and then probably just some killer song or something like that. Right but, um, but I was always interested in like make just writing songs and just freely like playing chords and, um, you know. I wanted to, I had that, that's what opened me up into the world of like, Oh, how, okay. How do I record this? Obviously I can use my phone, but that's not going to do the trick really if I want to create music. Mm -hmm. Um, so again, you know, YouTube, man, I'm, I'm a, I'm an iPad baby. I, I have that YouTube in my blood. Mm -hmm. Um, so you get on YouTube and I'm like, how do I, uh, how do I record a song? Like, what do I do? And this was like right around when like Vine was, oh, okay, was a popular app. So like you know, two thousand what was that, 15, ten or fifteen? Yeah. Okay, yeah, that was much a little bit later than it. Okay, yeah. sure. Um, I think it popped off in like twenty thirteen, and then you know I picked up a guitar, and then yeah, so I'm on Vine, and I I'm always following these people that are like posting music stuff, and um, I met one of my best friends now, who's also a musician, uh, John Vincent um, the third. And I saw him on Vine and he was just making little videos of himself with this microphone and had this software pulled up. And I was like, man, what, what is all that? And I sent him a message and I was like, like, how do I like do what you're doing? Like you're recording a song, like in your bedroom, like, how do I do that? And he sent me a bunch of messages about like a microphone, a cheap microphone and like how to put it on your computer and make music on there. And yeah, then I just kind of hopped on YouTube and it, it was a it, that that was the part that was probably harder than like learning guitar it was like learning how to use a, a DAW, which is like a digital audio workstation mm -hmm. and, um, you know, getting my first laptop. Yeah, I haven't save up for that and save up for all these things that I needed to buy. And I finally had like probably the cheapest setup you could get in your bedroom, just like a, you know audio technica like mic and and garage band mm -hmm. on my macbook but it worked right and yeah and i had a little scarlet which is just an audio interface yeah that's what i'm still using right now for yeah, this dude. scarlet i mean trusty trusty uh always gonna work and i um got everything set up and that's when i started you know hitting that record button mm -hmm. and uh getting my ideas into that being able to save them and send them around and um, that was when it really sort of took off for me because I was like as soon as I as soon as I had like a little song that I made you know it wasn't mixed or mastered or anything like that it's just sort of what what we would call a demo obviously and um, but that was it for me I was like okay I'm gonna make an album because in my head like that's just what musicians do Right. <laughs> You're right. Sure. I mean, it it was what musicians did in the nineties yeah. and eighties and early two thousands. Right. So like, and that was, that was it. I was like, all right, I'll make an album. And, um, and that's what I did. It took me like a year or two. And, and yeah, you put out a right out the gate. I mean, you put yeah. out a full record, which is incredible. Not yeah. many people. I mean, and it's called just to be ironic. That's the, the record. And that wasn't, I mean, that was, a, it's weird to think 2018 was four years ago, mm -hmm. just because of the half the, you know, last year has been weird, but 
um was like when you put that record out did you put it out all as one big lump like here's the whole album or did you were you able to kind of choose a song to be the first like single or the first thing yeah. that you know tommy newport puts out into the world and like this is me or, or like how did you go about releasing music for the first time um yeah so that that record um could it could actually be considered my second album because the year uh, prior to that i had put out this thing on soundcloud and it's on spotify and itunes now but um it, it's called um so long and thanks and it was just under my last name so that was the first oh album i didn't dig I deep out. enough to find that one um yeah and it's not under it's not under tommy newport or anything like that and um it's under my last my real last name which is mill mine and um, i put that out just for me really just for my friends and and, and family and uh, I really, my goal, I just wanted to see it on iTunes. Like to me, I thought that was it. Like that was the right. best thing ever. Just want to see like my song on iTunes. And that's the only reason I did it. And so I made this album and I put it out and um, it, I mean, it, it did, it did way better than I ever thought. And I didn't have any marketing or anything like that. I just put it online. And this was at a time when like SoundCloud was, was, um, a very like pivotal tool for artists mm -hmm. um, and I had put it on SoundCloud and that's where it gained most of its traction and um, and from that traction is where where my manager uh, Fourth Pyramid uh, had messaged me on Instagram and wanted to work with me wanted to manage me as an artist and um, and that's when Just to Be Ironic sort of comes into the picture and when I oh, sort wow. of start taking so things seriously and um um that's when we started working together and 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 came up with tommy newport um and just to be ironic in that album oh man so this all started off on, on soundcloud i mean soundcloud i don't know if it still is i'm, I'm sure it's got to be uh, you know a massive thing for people to discover new music sure uh, but there's been i've interviewed so many people that got their start on soundcloud yeah or they put a start because few years before that it was like hype machine if you put your song on it got on a blog and then it landed on a hype machine like that was the end all you know it, yeah and then it became you know you have, you have artists like pow fu and, and and different people that have came out of the soundcloud era yeah. of music yeah and um i feel like i mean soundcloud is still a huge huge oh, yeah. source yeah. but the, like now there is you know with spotify and pe people are looking at the spotify numbers or going to spotify to discover yeah. stuff but um that's really cool that you kind of were able to, but to even to change the name and then put a record out and still have people come. Yeah. That I mean, tell biggest... me about that. Was that, was that difficult to do? Oh, I was definitely worried about it and I didn't know if I was making the right choice. Um, but ultimately it was just a risk that I, I wanted to take. And I, when I, like I said, when I first put out my first album or mixtape of songs, I, I did it for me and it, there was no sort of methodical thinking of behind it. There was no like, I mean, nowadays, if you are serious about being an artist and you want to release a song or a project, like you've got to be thinking about all these things. Like, what is your image? Like what, you know, do you have um, a good video that goes along with it? Are you, are, are you on social media? And um, I wasn't thinking about any of that with the first project and it, it just did its thing on SoundCloud. Uh, but when my managers 
found me and I agreed to work with him, then it was sort of like, all right, well, step one is, you know, let's, let's, let's get an idea of like how you want to present yourself. Who do you want to be and what kind of stories do you want to tell? And like, what's the, the vibe behind, um, you know, the covers and the cover art and the imagery that you're using. And, and that was a big part for me too, that I was very much into. I was heavily into like graphic design when I was in high school. And um, so it was a step up for me to like start taking things like seriously and methodically thinking about things. And, um, but it was, yeah, it was definitely a risk. It was like, okay, I'm going to leave this thing that's kind of doing well and, and, and try to convince everyone to come over here and check out this new thing I'm doing. Um, but, you know, I think it, it worked out in the end and, and, mm -hmm. and I'm happy with, with the decision that we made and starting from square one and sort of taking on this fresh new thing and, and keeping it, you know, as it was. Sure. Uh, like sonically does just, just to be ironic, line up with what you were doing before, or did you even change paths there? Um, I mean, it, it depends on, it depends on uh, really everyone else's ear. So like, I feel like personally, I didn't change anything on purpose. Um, I think when I put the first project out again, I wasn't, I didn't have any, you know, uh, knowledge of mixing music or mastering music or, or mm -hmm. using you know any type of gear to get it to a higher standard it was very lo-fi um, very basement bedroom sort of indie rock um, that just wasn't hitting at, at the right decibel <laughs> to mm -hmm. be considered not a demo um, so that was just a demo album so definitely the big major change into just to be ironic and my first my real first album was getting that thing mixed and mastered and recorded properly you know through some 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 better gear and um that definitely alters the way something sounds if people find you with this lo-fi sort of bedroom you know unmixed demo album and then I've moved into this area where my next album is mixed and polished and it's louder and it's mastered. Yeah, it, it probably sounds different. And I definitely think I experimented with new ideas on that second album. And um, But you didn't go totally like, you know, out in the weeds. It wasn't like, okay, now this new project, I'm going to do this. You know, right. you, it, it doesn't sound like that's that was the case. Yeah, yeah. And, and it took on a bit more of like a more indie pop rock uh, life form with Tommy Newport. The mm -hmm. earlier stuff was just sort of like very bare bones, you know. This I start, first started writing songs. So it was like verse, chorus, verse, chorus, song over. Right. You know, and, and it's sort of reverbed out surf guitars and things like that and uh when i got the chance to work with it with my manager who is also a producer he's starting now to sort of put his input in and, and seed some of his ideas and we kind of get this hybrid of of uh, a new sound but still still myself and it, it's a bit more poppy and a bit more um heavy hitting i would think uh that'd be the right word to use but mm -hmm. um yeah so it's different in its own way, but I don't think it was anything that it was intentional. It was just a, a, the next step for me, really. Sure, sure. And when you when you come out as Tommy Newport, what song or was there 
like how did you start seeing traction on that and obviously soundcloud was what got it going but yeah. then you change the name and then you put out this other this other re record under a different you know different name right. different project then how do yeah. people find it and how does it you know garner the the streams that it has yeah like, like you asked earlier if, if if i just kind of put the whole thing out on its own or if i had any singles um and th this was a time on spotify where sort of playlists and things like that were a, a bit easier to sort of obtain as a new artist mm -hmm. and um so this sort of style of releasing music is you know um not normally it's like you put out the single or maybe another single and then you put the album out and we wanted to sort of try this 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 new way of like why don't we put out four or five songs off of the album which has 13 songs Mm -hmm. and just give each of those songs a, a bit of time to breathe and be their own thing and then we'll see how it goes from there and then we can put the whole thing out after that so i think we had i think it was about five songs off of the album that were all singles oh and, so you, uh, you were kind of ahead of the curve on on this new approach of, yeah. of releasing music yes yeah, so you know and and that's what we did and it, the first song that that we put out as a single it's called i forgive you mm -hmm. the first tommy newport song um immediately just hit this playlist on spotify um it's slipping my mind what playlist it is but i should i should really know because <laughs> it's kind of what jump started that album and um yeah i think I, I got up one day and i was on checking the checking the um the artist app on spotify and you know, the song had just spiked up to like 60,000 plays in a day. And I was just like, oh, my, you know, this is crazy. And um, from that moment on, I was just kind of addicted to Spotify playlist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would be forever too. chasing forever chasing <laughs> that moment. But, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that was that was the jump star of Tommy Newport. It was his Spotify playlist. Uh, and wow. Yeah. And so, uh, they they were a bit more easier to sort of obtain back in the day, and you kind of had your own ways of of figuring out how to do it. But um, it, you know, it's it's the landscape's always changing. So, mm -hmm. and you've been able to kind of follow not follow suit, but like f follow up your work. I mean, it's not like you had you know the big song off of that album, and then it your your you know streams or whatever started to dip down it's like yeah every record you've been putting out has continually grew and yeah. you know you, you you've done so well with with everything you wrote and, and, and you've put out was i concerned at all going into the second you know batch of music that you released yeah definitely i mean it's always nerve-wracking putting out a song it's like there's no rhyme or reason to any of any of the you know the statistics behind them like and i learned early on that like i just have to stop sort of obsessing and looking at how well a song is doing because it's not the reason that i make the songs i you know when you're a small artist it's so, it sort of feels like you're always like waiting for that thing that moment that that that's gonna like change your life and um it's a really slow gradual process and you have to work at it and work hard and uh, keep keep 
keep on the track and and um yeah it's it's definitely it, it can be sort of underwhelming you know you put out a new song and you're like oh my gosh like there's no one no one's listening to it but you just take you just have to kind of take your time with it and um yeah so putting out another project after the album it's always this feeling of like oh no one's gonna like it or uh, no one's gonna listen to it or um but you just kind of have to you know get into a better headspace and then just just hope and 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 um i've been lucky enough that um you know like you said so we just keep putting these this music out and and people um thankfully are are listening to it <laughs> Sure, sure. With with that, like, I mean, putting out the the second project you did, Tommy Gun, with like, you know, you, you gained all these streams of these fans. Do you start going out and trying to play live shows or touring at all? I know you just did a tour, uh, uh, you know, earlier this month. But like, are you trying to go? Okay, now I have I have this fan base online. I need should I, do I try to reach them? You know in person and then obviously the pandemic hits right after that yep. like or, or were you still mainly just playing or re- recording and then releasing recording and releasing yes yeah, so um after the just to be ironic had come out um that was when um i met up with um with my talent agency and and met my booking agent who i'm very grateful for he took me on when i you know i didn't have you know, I just put this album out. I didn't have uh, enough to really prove that I could go and do a tour. Mm-hmm. Um, but he he believed in me, and you know, we're still working together today. And um, he he put me on tour with um, Sticky Fingers, which was another act that he was working with. And you know, I've been a fan of these guys, you know, since before I was making songs. So I was like, man, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. and um i was just more than i was stoked to go and do it so yeah like right off the back of that album that was when we went out and and uh went and did some live shows and did my first tour what was that like had you ever played in front of anyone before um it was incredible and i got we got to get a taste of it because i went to um before before we went on tour with sticky fingers i had these people in la that had this sort of backyard um, surf rock um, little festival that they had set up. Uh, and I got a message on Instagram and they were like, yo, you should come and do a little set at our, in our little festival we're doing. And um, I told my manager, and this is when everything was all pretty new. I don't even think the album was out yet. Mm-hmm. Um, just to be ironic, was, wasn't out yet. And um, he was like, yeah, I mean, if you can get, if you can drive down there with, you know, your band and get there, I don't see why not, you know, it'd be fun, something to do. And so we drive down to LA, I got like four guys in my band and we go and do this, you know, backyard show. And it was a good time and we had fun. And um, the next morning we wake up, we're staying in this Airbnb and we're all like getting ready to leave. And, um, my, my, my now booking agent is like, Hey, you know, sticky fingers are playing at the Fonda in LA Mm -hmm. tomorrow night. And you can open up for them if you want, you know, you can go there and open up. And so, I mean, then the Fonda is like, 
I mean, this was a sold out show at the farm. It was a pretty big venue. Yeah. Never done anything like that in my life. And uh, it's a really, so, I mean, so many huge bands have played there. I think, oh, yeah. I mean, I, the two I can think of off the top of my head being from San Diego, that I remember, you know, vividly seeing on the, on the marquee are like Tom Petty. Yeah. And the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> yeah. I mean, total legendary venue. Yeah. LA. And so I'm like, freaking out looking around at the guys like man should we do this like i'm i was i was nervous just getting off the phone like, i don't even know if i can mm-hmm. and um i didn't have any real tommy newport music out at that point so um we were playing the stuff on that album that i made when it was just like the demos and stuff my first album and so we're like yeah let's do it and um we went and borrowed this drum kit um from a buddy and now buddy dylan brewer went to his house in studio city and they had this really old drum kit because we didn't show up with one (laughs) and we got that all cleaned up and tuned up and then we showed up at the fonda the next day and got on stage and did did our little 30 minute slot and that was like my first ever real show at the fonda that's crazy and um yeah, I think it was like three or four months later we were touring with with the sticky guys, um, you know, across the East Coast, and um, yeah, it's, it's incredible. I got really lucky, you know, I got really lucky at the start and been been fortunate enough to be able to go and do that tour and sort of share my music with people and um, yeah, that's huge. That's so cool. Yeah. Well, tell me, uh, so then, you know, you, you've got this momentum going, you're doing this tour, you've got, you know, a bunch of streams and then the pandemic hits. And how does, does that put like kind of a halt to like the, what you were building up? Do you feel like, or were you at a place that you were trying to sit and write music anyway? Like, I mean, obviously the pandemic was horrible on everybody, but did it land in a, in a, in a slot where you were already kind of just creating or. Yeah, so when the pandemic hit, I had a show lined up back in LA with with Lime Cordial, and um, I was kind of getting ready to go and do that. And you know, there was talks of 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 getting back out on the road with them, and you know, mm-hmm. maybe going out to Europe and doing something out there. And I mean, there's a lot of talks of touring and doing shows and. Um, and the other issue is like I'm I was here in Kansas too. I I never really made the full time move to LA, and I was about to do that. I was gearing up to go move and find a place and do some shows with Lime and you know get get into the studio. And um, the pandemic just kind of came through, you know, right after Christmas. I usually during the holidays anyway. I'm not really working and not doing much, so you know, getting ready to jump back into being a musician after New Year's. And, um, you know, there's all this stuff in the news about the coronavirus. And I'm like, all right, well, I'll kind of just hold off, see what's going on with this thing. And then, you know, you know, travel shut down and we're in the middle of a pandemic. So I didn't get to move to L.A. and um, didn't get to go do those shows. And Obviously, during that time, everyone's sort of like, oh, they'll be over soon. You know, surely it'll be over soon. Yeah. Flatten the curve, man. Two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, the, the next two years really was just trying to um, navigate this, trying to make music remotely and uh, trying to keep things alive, trying to stay present online and interesting and 
um yeah it was tough and um it was just a lot of sort of planning and a lot of making music i made a lot of music and i eventually got to the point i think it was in 20 gosh my my time perception is all messed up because of covid but i got to right. get fly back into la and um make make my ep liquid which was the last project i put out I was say, you put out two EPs in 2021, yeah. right? Ultra yeah. Mango and Liquid. Like, yeah. you obviously were doing a lot, a lot of writing. A lot of writing. And, um, and Liquid was the one where me and Forth just sat down for 11 days in LA. And, um, you know, we weren't allowed to really leave or, or meet up with people. This, this was when, like, you know, you're still sort of not going out and um i don't even think i the vaccine was out at this point and i had driven to la in my car and i took some of my gear and we met up and made this this ep from day one all the way till day you know 10 or 11 or 12 we just shut ourselves in and made this project wow and then, um, and then i went home and we put it out and uh yeah then again there's a lot of waiting around and then finally you know finally I've been able to go and go back out on tour and travel mm -hmm. more. And you got a couple yeah. songs that you just put out. Yep, a couple songs. Um, so yeah, it's kind of it's it's opening up now, and I'm I'm getting excited. So that's awesome, man. And uh, Calabasas and and Tongue and Cheek are the, the new ish. I mean, newest ones. Uh, I know that new new one would be Tongue and Cheek. Yeah. But with those songs, are they going to be part of uh, another project? Uh, yeah, so it's finally, um, finally the second album is coming. Um, Interesting. September twenty eighth, I believe, as of today, is when it'll be out. Um, and those are two of the uh, singles that are going to be on that album. Um, and it's been a long time coming. So <laughs> yeah. Excited. So so I mean, it's crazy to think that you just put out two EPs and now you have a whole album. Are these? Like with Liquid, you said you you locked yourself up for for eleven days and and pretty much did the whole record. Then mm -hmm. with this album, how long have you been working on these songs? Or are there songs that you have kind of taken that maybe you wrote, you know, in two thousand nineteen or something exactly. and, and reworked? Yeah, some of these songs like Tongue and Cheek and Calabasas are, you know, older than some of the records on Liquid. Um, their ideas that I've had you know, demos that have been on my computer just sort of waiting to be, you know, reopened. Mm -hmm. um, and um, a, a lot of it were just very short ideas that I really wanted to get back into. And um, I also was able to get back to LA quite a bit this year and do a lot of work and do make and write a lot of songs and work with some producers and um, get into some studios and, and make some music that way as well um so yeah some of the some of the records on this album are ideas i've been waiting to sort of you know expand on for a couple of years now and um yeah i'm super excited I'm that's super amazing excited. rad well uh, i love to see the those two thus far and that's i'm i'm stoked that you got to reschedule that tour i mean you just you just get off uh some of those shows yeah and um I appreciate your time today, man. This has been awesome. Yeah, dude, this is really great. I really appreciate you, um, you know, talking with me. Some really good questions. So appreciate it. I do have one more before yeah. I let you go, though. If you have any advice for aspiring artists. 
man my advice for inspiring uh, aspiring artist i think just focus on focus on what you're what you uh, started doing it for you know i've i see a lot of people sort of they they try to do the social media thing and the virality and the tiktok thing before like they've really focused on what it is they're putting on those apps you know and and um i think if you're say you're a musician i think you know focus on making sure that like the songs that you're making are really the ones that you want to be making and and um that you're you're you yourself are enjoying you know the 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 things that you're creating um i think it's important to get that part down first you know get to a point where you really know who you are as an artist and like the songs that you're making and 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 getting to a point where you're really comfortable with the music that you're making uh and then sort of start worrying about like is anyone going to listen to this can i where should i post this who should i uh, talk to you know how many TikToks do I need to make and, and all that kind of jazz. Um, it's important to get what you're sharing to other people, you know, down, down to a T. Mm-hmm.